Today we begin a four-week series on uh, the concept of treasure, and we're working from a book called Treasure. The author is Jacob Armstrong. I'm reading to you from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Jesus said, Stop collecting treasures for your own benefit on earth, where moth and rust eat them, and where thieves break in and steal them. Instead, collect treasures for yourselves in heaven, where moth and rust don't eat them, and where thieves do not break in and steal them. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen. This is the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you please to pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, thou our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What's your treasure? Someone asked you, what's your treasure? What would you answer? Do you know how to answer right away, or does it feel more complicated than that? We may find that what we consider our treasure to change throughout our lives for a very tiny child, often our treasure is something that makes us feel safe. So our treasure is a blanket, or our treasure is that favorite bunny, or something that's got to be with us all the time. That's our treasure. And then we get a little bit older in childhood, and we might be collecting things. So our treasure is a particular baseball card. I remember a friend of mine, his nephews collected Pokemon cards, and there were certain Pokemon cards that were their treasure, and there's certain object they had to have. Then we get older, and our treasures get a little more complicated. Our treasure may be our work, or our treasure may be some collection we're working on or something we want to achieve in our lives. What's our treasure? Or maybe for treasure, we think it's something out there, something really not connected to our daily lives at all. I was a little kid in Southern California and our family wasn't from that area, and so different family members would come to visit. Every year or two, we'd go to Disneyland and take my grandma or my grandpa or Aunt John, you know, Uncle John, something like that, to Disneyland, and we would go through the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. So you go through the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and there's this yo-ho, yo-ho, the pirate's life for me. And here's the trunk, and the trunk spewing all these jewels. And remember being a little kid, and you're going through this door, and here's the pirate singing, and here's the pirate treasure, and gold and rubies and gems and all sorts of things that are just not in my life at all. <laughs> so treasure was that special thing that not many people really got, but that was your treasure. So what is treasure? Is treasure the thing that makes us feel safe, like a banky when we're a little kid? Or is treasure that, that thing you're trying to collect? Or is treasure uh, this special, wonderful, over-the-top thing like pirate treasure? Is treasure what we set our hearts on? What's treasure? Jesus loved his disciples, loved his followers deeply as he continues to love us deeply. And Jesus wanted to make sure that our hearts were uh, thinking properly as we thought about treasure. And so Jesus warned his followers, don't, don't lay up for yourselves treasure on earth. Because moths can, can eat through it, and rust can eat through it, and you might be afraid of thieves. Don't, 
don't store up treasures for your own benefit on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. So I want to reflect with you some on what our earthly treasures are and what's good about that, what's difficult about that, and then also reflect on our heavenly treasure, the treasure that cannot be taken away from us, the treasure that does not disappoint. Well, what about those earthly treasures? I was never a big collector as a kid, but I do remember my favorite Holly Hobby stationery. Yes, I'm that age. So I had this stationery with pink lines and a little Hobby Holly doll at the, at the corner. Well, you know, that was too good to use. So I had this Holly Hobby stationery that I saved because it was so wonderful. Well, then I forgot about it. Then I found it when I was about 16. How many 16-year-old girls do you know that want to write on Holly Hobby stationery? None. <laughs> it had been my treasure, I didn't use it, and now it was useless. I had to find a little girl to give it to and to tell her, please use this now. <laughs> Trust me, later on you won't want it. Or we get older and maybe we buy ourselves a special treat. That's our treasure. So about 20 years ago, my mom and I traveled to England. We had a wonderful time. And we took a train up to Edinburgh, Scotland. This was very early on in my ministry. I was still paying off student loans. And I decided I could buy myself one special present. And I decided my one special present was going to be some kind of very expensive sweater, just a treat. So I looked all over the place, and there were a lot of sweaters that were like other sweaters. I wasn't finding anything. And then I went into one particular shop in Edinburgh, and I found this great sweater. It's not like other sweaters. It was hand-created by an artist, and I just loved this sweater. Tried it on. Mom liked it. All the shop staff liked it. This is my sweater. So I took it home, and this was going to be my special sweater from Scotland. Well... I didn't really calculate the differences between the United Kingdom and the United States with indoor heating. This is a stinking hot sweater. <laughs> this sweater is such a thick, heavy wool that the first time I wore it to work, I just about sweated to death. Like, it seemed, and it's so woolly, you don't want to wear it without a layer underneath, but then the layer underneath is another layer. <laughs> so here was my really wonderful sweater that is too hot to wear for work, but you know, it's the most expensive sweater I have, so it's not like what you're going to wear to shovel or do other kind of outdoor things. And so I have this perfect treasure sweater that I don't really use. And I realized at the end of last winter, I hadn't worn it the entire season. But meanwhile, I've spent years being anxious about whether the moths would eat my perfect Scottish sweater. So how much pleasure has that brought me? Or I think about a friend of mine who's a lawyer, and um, he really likes sports cars. And his legal practice went quite well, so you know, time went on, and he particularly likes Lotuses. I think he likes the whole jump over the top, get into the seat thing. So he wanted a Lotus. So you know, the years pass, his legal practice goes well, and finally he sees a Lotus. This is such a deal, he buys himself a Lotus. He loves this Lotus. But here's the deal. He's a patent attorney. He works night and day. Does he have time to drive around in his Lotus? It turns out he really doesn't. In addition, it's a Lotus. So you don't leave a fancy, expensive sports car out on the street. It's got to be in your garage. 
So my friend with the fancy Lotus in his garage has no space to park his car. So his car is out in the driveway while his Lotus is in the garage not being driven because all the work he's doing that got him the money to, to buy the Lotus means that he doesn't have any time to drive the Lotus he bought with the money. You see where we're going with this? Isn't it crazy? Here's this thing that was going to give him so much pleasure, and it's taking up space in his garage, but he's still anxious about something happening to it. He doesn't have enough time to ride it. He met really well, but it didn't turn out to be that great a treasure, just like my Scottish sweater. Or we spend all our time trying to build up things and collect things through our lives, and then something happens, and we realize wow, that didn't mean all that much. Some of us are at the point of downsizing in our homes. I've been going through this with my family. My parents moved from a duplex at Wesley Willows, and now each of them is in a single room in the main building. And wow, did they have a lot of stuff. Now, they're not hoarders, but, you know, 62 years of marriage, you get a lot of stuff. It has not been fun going through all their stuff. And... There's just boxes of papers and various collectibles and things we don't even remember where they came from that are collected from all that time. And it has turned out to be pretty stressful going through all that stuff. The things that we thought were our treasures aren't always our treasures. Now here's the precious part. As things change in our lives, in the Christian faith, Christ starts kind of shifting our desires. And it's interesting how our desires move away from the stuff we might buy, like the lotus, like the Scottish sweater, and start moving toward our relationships, start moving toward those experiences of serving others. Last night I had the joy, I've never seen our local high school, the Icemen play, so I went to an Icemen hockey game last night hoping to see Peter Herman play. He had a little bit of an injury, so I only got to see him play for 45 seconds, but got to see him for a little bit. I was talking with his younger brother, Matthew. Some of you know um, Pam Herman is the daughter of Robbie Mink, and we love Robbie, and Robbie's quite sick. I asked Matt, I said, Matt, I'm working on my sermon. Can you help me? What's your treasure? He didn't miss a beat, my grandma. Doesn't he know? In dealing with illness in his family, he knows. He's got his priorities figured out. He knows what a treasure his grandma is. And I said, well, you know, how, knowing that, that's, knowing that she's your treasure, what do you do differently? And at first, he wasn't quite understanding what I was asking. I wasn't being clear enough. But he's spending time with her. He knows that every day with Robbie is precious. That's his treasure. He knows his desires, his focus has changed, and there's no thing that is going to be as important as his grandma, who has always loved him, who has always been there for him, our treasure. As we continue on in our lives, as we deal with hardships and suffering, we find that our perception of our treasure really shifts, and we realize how much our health is our treasure, and our relationships are our treasure, our Memories and experiences of serving others are our treasure. And most of all, our faith is our treasure. What is that gift of faith? What does it mean to remember those times that we really messed up and we were forgiven? 
what it means to have that weight come off our shoulders and to know Christ's forgiving love. There's no object I could buy that's as good as that feeling of forgiveness. Those times when relationships have gotten broken or frayed, and through Christ's grace, we've been able to talk things through and begin again. What grace that is. Christ's gift, our treasure. Those moments where someone ministered to us, I don't know about you, but I'm guessing you have similar stories of those times that you've been in a really hard time, and someone who's kind to you when you're in a really hard time, you will remember them forever. And they may feel like they did this small thing, but you, that person was there for you when you needed them, and you, you will never forget that moment of kindness. Those are my treasures, those moments of people being kind to me when I really needed help, when I really needed support. What a powerful reorientation Christ gives us of what our treasures are. And those earthly treasures that we thought were so important that we were worried about the moths eating the Scottish sweater or the rust or thieves hurting the lotus, these other treasures can't be taken away from us. Even as our memories dim, that gift they gave us can't be taken away. Our precious relationships, those moments of people looking out for us when we really needed the help, the amazing humility we feel when we realize God used us to serve another person. And we know that what we feel like what we put into that wasn't very much, but for them, it was a big deal. It's part of why our work camp ministry is so important for our youth, to give our youth that opportunity to serve, whether it's the junior high group serving here in Rockford or the senior high group going out into other communities, and they begin to see what a pleasure it is to serve, what a treasure that is, how that is better than anything they could buy all summer. Jesus loves us, and Jesus came to his disciples then and comes to us now to remind us, you know, all that earthly stuff you're trying to pile up and store as treasure, it's just, it's unsatisfying. It can be taken away from us. It's just not that important. But store up for yourself heavenly treasures. The moths can't get at them. Thieves can't get at them. Rust can't get at them. That treasure of faith which gives us a sense of peace even in the most difficult times. The gift of forgiveness. The gift of relationships. The gift of people who have served us at our moment of greatest need. And the times that we've been used to serve others. These are those treasures in heaven. The opportunity to embody Jesus for others the experience of Jesus coming to us in our moment of need. Thanks be to God for this heavenly treasure, the gift of Christ. Amen.